show, we will have Father Tony Klein in studio with us. He's going to come and talk to us about uh, the upcoming Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament, um, seminary vocations in the diocese. He's our vocations advocate and also the chaplain at O'Gorman High School. So he works with young people, young men, discerning their call to either the priesthood or just in life. So it's a really good conversation. Father Klein's always good to have in. Lots of energy and just like a little burst of sunshine in our office. So so I hope you'll stick around for that. We have another burst of sunshine right across from me. We have Dr. Chris Bergwald with some biblical bites with Dr. B. I said that weird. For some biblical bites with Dr. B. There. Hi, Renee. Okay, the sunshine has a (laughs) rain cloud over it. I just was trying to give you a throwback to the... uh, that well, it was like the fifth take of right, last right, week's, right? Yeah, but I did, I didn't want to do that. We don't right. have time yeah, to not. mess around. <laughs> um, Father Tony Klein is a great burst of sunshine. He is, uh, which makes sense because he, of course, he's a fine son of the parish of Saint Lambert on oh, East yes, Sioux Falls. Yes, yes. So a fine parish indeed, fine. like many parishes across the fine. plains of yes. Eastern South Dakota. Uh, what's today, Renee? I believe it's the fourth Sunday of Easter. Elise, do you want to verify that? Are you confirming that? Yep. Confirmed. <clears throat> Confirmed. That's <laughs> answer submitted. Yep. She doesn't have her microphone the four, on, so I don't think anybody just doesn't? heard that. But oh, nope. I didn't it. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Now, do either of you? So, the fourth Sunday of Easter, you got to do some good table pounding because that's that's how Elise. Yeah, uh, Elise's impersonation of me is yes, to pound yes, the table. pounding on the table. The fourth Sunday of Easter does not have an official subtitle, okay. Al- second alternate title, like the second Sunday of Easter has it's Divine Mercy. Yes, fourth Sunday of Easter does not have officially, but unofficially it does. Anybody have either of you have any? I think I actually like Good Shepherd or something. Ooh, she Good Shepherd Sunday. Wow, <laughs> she's been really loud, hoping that that, that we could hear it'll, her. It'll, it'll, but she did. Really she hear. did get it. That's great. Yeah, so it's um, Good Shepherd Sunday. The, the, the gospel reading for today, uh, Jesus, I mean, I may say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the robber, blah, 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 because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus said in Aramaic, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the collect, the opening prayer, Almighty ever-living God, lead us to a share in the joys of heaven so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before. Oh, okay. That's not what I want to talk about today. Ugh. I just want to get that in so people know it is unofficially Good Shepherd Sunday. I want to focus on the first reading, Acts of the Apostles. This is the very end of Peter's sermon on Pentecost. Okay. Um, just the very end where he 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 proclaims the truth of Jesus risen from the dead, Jesus is the Messiah, and so on. So we have the sermon from Pentecost, but we haven't hit Pentecost yet. Correct. <laughs> We ha- yes, Interesting. yes, yes, <laughs> that is true. Because once Pentecost hits, we're back to ordinary time after, right, right afterwards. Right. So it's, so actually, so maybe we haven't mentioned this this year. During the Easter season, mm-hmm. the first reading, definitely on Sundays, and maybe even during weekdays, during the Easter season, is always from Acts of the right, Apostles. Right. It's about the growth of the church after Easter and after Pentecost. Okay. So, yes, so ironically, we, uh, <laughs> we're getting a foretaste of what's to come. Right. So this is how it starts. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and proclaimed, and then we jump to the end of the sermon. Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, What are we to do, my brothers? 
Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises made to you and so on. Uh, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were added that day. So Mm -hmm. this is the great sermon on Pentecost, and the outcome of it is that there are 3,000 Jews. Now, some of them are from uh, foreign lands because they've come to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. I think it's, yeah, uh, for for this great feast when faithful Jews are supposed to make pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and this is when the Holy Spirit descends um, and uh, upon the twelve, and, and they're proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in all those tongues. Uh, so then Peter stands up, gives his sort of summary sermon, and they're cut to the heart. Three thousand people. Wow, that's more than the population of my hometown in oh, central right, Minnesota. Right. <laughs> uh, Three thousand Jews um, become followers of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah at this right. point. What I want to call our attention to, just in the little bit of time we have left, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Renee, what does that mean to you? Ugh. Cut to the heart. I don't know. Convicted. Okay. When when they heard this message, they were convicted about what Paul had said, and they're converted. So, I th- but I think the particular grace for ourselves, but for our brothers and sisters, that when we hear the gospel message, that we might be convicted, that this that it might touch our hearts, that we might repent of our sins and follow Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a great point. Thanks a lot. Beth. You bet. In studio with me today, I have Father Tony Klein. Welcome, Father Klein. Thanks, Renee. Good to be here. Yeah, we brought you in today because we wanted to talk about uh, seminary and education, um, vocations in the diocese, and a big upcoming event in June, which is the Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament, which you've been a part of. I have. Years. <laughs> yes, I have. As a seminarian, you're kind of enlisted to the fishing <laughs> tournaments, at least for... Not every summer, uh, depending on your assignment, yeah. but yeah, all the seminarians at some point are at the legendary fishing part. tournaments. Yeah. yeah, So we'll talk about that a little bit too. Um, so I want to start first by your role has changed a little bit. Um, when were you ordained? 2020. 2020. Yep. So oh, it's been three years. Wow. Yep. And your role has changed a little bit over the last couple of years. And is it changing again in July? No. Okay, good. So will you tell us what your role is in the diocese and what you've been up to? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I was ordained in 2020, was in a parish for two years. Uh, and at then my parish, Holy at Spirit. At Holy Spirit, <laughs> shout out. Uh, and then our vocation director is a full-time vocation director and full-time pastor. Right. And um, obviously with Set Ablaze things, we know there is yeah a lower number of priests uh, than we've had in the past. And mm-hmm. so Bishop really wanted to be able to kind of leverage promoting vocations and yep. fostering vocations in the diocese. Just, it, it's a need. Uh, but our vocation director also likes past, pastoral work. He mm-hmm. likes being in a parish. Right. Um, and so what he said would be really helpful is to have someone help with more of the front end work of vocations. Okay. So doing vocations, uh, like visits to the seminary, kind of walking with some of the guys that are, you know, showing interest and just need maybe, maybe are kind of out in the middle of nowhere and don't have as much of a community, or even if they're not like out in the middle of nowhere, you know, they might be the only kid in their class 
at school right. that takes the faith seriously. Or in a 50-mile radius. Exactly. And <laughs> Let's so, hope not, and but so it if could that's be. the case, like to discern your vocation in the midst of that is tough. And right. so um so Bishop created a new title, a new role called the Vocations Advocate. Mm-hmm. So that's uh what my work has been. So a lot of this year. So I, I just started that in July. Okay. Um so going to like the youth camps, just trying to build connections with some of the youth in our diocese and um not at all manipulate. Right. <laughs> I'm not the vocations right. manipulator, uh, which is good. <laughs> That's good to point out. <laughs> Freedom though. is actually something like necessary for yes. any vocation. Yes. Um, but to at least like ask the question and make sure that uh, people aren't being missed. Right. Uh, because sometimes I think that can be the case because it's scary. You know, it's yes. scary if, um, like we were saying, you might be the only kid in a 50 mile radius that is taking the faith seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you have any sort of inclination, like towards even thinking about the priesthood, that could be a really scary thing. And mm-hmm. you probably are not going to want to like share that with too many people. It's right. a pretty vulnerable right. thing. And parents um, aren't always even, or they don't always feel like they can even share it with their parents. So sometimes, yeah. 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 So that's that's kind of what my work has been. So I'm I'm chaplain at Ogorman High School. Mm-hmm. I help at uh, the cathedral on the weekends, but then I've been doing different vocations work, working with some some of the guys that have asked for applications, kind of walking them through the process and answering a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, so it is a lot of relationship type of work. Um, and then our vocation director um, is still the liaison with all of our seminarians, all that are accepted between the seminaries and the diocese, right. and he's, he's, they're responsible. Right. Uh, you seem perfectly suited for this role, I would say, just because you're very much a relationship person, at least from what I know of you. Um, so it seems like a good spot for you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I think yeah. it has kind of fit well. Yeah. Um, although, because a lot of it is like things over the phone, oh, uh, I'm not as like, I mean, I, I like being with people. I like talking right. with people right. in person. Uh, so- it's an adjustment yeah. because not everyone lives close to me and I don't live close to everyone else. So. And you can't travel to everyone all the right. time. Yeah. So um, what kind of fruits have you seen from the work you've been doing both as the vocations advocate and at O'Gorman? Because that O'Gorman chaplaincy is really important right now. So what kind of fruits are you seeing from those things? Yeah. If you So if you remember the story in Acts of the Apostles uh, when Paul is walking around Athens mm-hmm. and he sees – the religiosity of these people, you right. know, to pagan gods, but he sees their religiosity. Right. He's like, you guys are longing for something. Uh, let me tell you what you're longing for. Let me tell <laughs> you the God that you don't know about that you're seeking to worship. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I really, I see that so much in the world, <laughs> but mm-hmm. especially in young people, um, young people who really are like hungry for like the desire to be known, the desire to like be noticed, mm-hmm. to be loved and accepted. Um, but oftentimes because of society, because of our culture, it is kind of like forcing them sometimes into this like paganistic type of thing like Athens, you know, where they're seeking the right thing, but in totally wrong ways. Right. Um, and so I, I guess just seeing some of the fruits of seeing like the real generosity of some young people in our diocese that they, they do desire to kind of go against the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hard, you know, they'd be the first to say that it's hard, but it's been beautiful for me to see not only their generosity, but also like the generosity of some parents yeah. to be like, yeah, like I love my children, but they're not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they've been given to me. That's not uh, easy for parents. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing when we're talking about vocations uh, to realize that the fruits of their vocation could be, well, definitely will be hopefully one day vocations, whatever yes. the vocations are, but yes. that 
at some point the parents sacrifice and say, okay, Lord, like these, these are your children. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see, um, our kids at O'Gorman, you're in high school age. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with, as you were there over COVID a little bit ish. Um, are they kind of coming out of that? Is the, I know there was, there was a lot of struggle there for a little bit. Do you think that's getting better? What you're seeing? Yes. I, so I wasn't at, that's right. So I was in last July. So. so I was at Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, right. I got ordained in the midst of COVID. Yep. Um, and then that very first year where COVID, was, everything was so new and different mm-hmm. and fluctuating. Um, I was just full time at Holy Spirit. Right. Last year, I was also helping out at the junior high. So That's I saw right. kind of a little bit of like the hybrid where we didn't have all of the restrictions, but there were still like certain precautions. Sure. But I'd say this year, I, it's almost back to normal, Good. I would say. If, if, you know, yeah, someone could walk in and for the most part, yeah. they would be like, what? you know, there are a lot of leftover bottles of hand sanitizer <laughs> still around. But other than that, I mean. <laughs> but are the kids, uh, adjust, I mean, are they, And it, it seems like kids have been um, really emotionally and mentally kind of struggling. Hmm. Do you think that's not as much the case at O'Gorman? It's getting better. Do you have any sense of that? And maybe you can answer that question. Yeah, because okay I'm not too. comparing it necessarily to then. I think, right. I, I know in talking to some elementary teachers, um, because that is such like a critical time of formation yes. that, that they're seeing a little bit of, you know, uh, slower progress, sure. um, because of those crucial times where they weren't interacting as much with people. And it right. was just kind of a stark thing. I think a lot of what I've seen with high school kids, I, I for the most part, I think they're, they're com- kind of coming around and back. good. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. They're resilient, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are there some new things that the diocese is doing? Uh, for vocations, um, especially with priesthood and religious life? Well, we're doing a few. Um, so there's a women's house in oh, Sioux yeah, Falls. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a women's house of, of discernment, but all, just a formation, really. So mm-hmm. um, a Lumen Christi missionary is living there. Um, and it was kind of inspired to my understanding of uh, someone who was in like, uh, it, it wasn't a sorority, but it was a very like religious type of a household right. in college um, and saying how formative of a thing that can be mm-hmm. for women at that age. And so she really desired that, I think, here. And so that's that's a, a cool initiative. Again, it's not yes. you're not signing up for the rest of your life. Right. And I think that's something that's helpful is like, yeah. you know, to have a real intentional time of formation, a structured life of prayer, structured community. Um, and so that's been new. I think this year it has been the first year that they're doing that. Yeah. Um, and then Pope Francis has been calling for, well, the, the church, the, the curia has been calling for uh, what's called a propedeutic year. Mm-hmm. And so the last two years, and that's for seminary formation. Yep. The past two years, we've kind of been piloting it um, a little bit, and it's adjusted, and uh, it's intended to kind of give a man, when he enters seminary, a year to kind of separate himself from uh, just a lot of things of the world that he's probably attached to. Right. Um, and so they do things like, you know, they have a tech fast where we give them a dumb phone. <laughs> um, wow. And what is that? <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. Uh, and they can like watch uh, movies only in community, you know, so it's meant to not um, let guys be like, like isolate themselves. Sure. Um, and then there's, there's some classes, there's some formation, you know, they do a lot of, a decent amount of stuff with the bishop. They mm-hmm. serve for him pretty regularly. So it's, it's been cool uh, to see its development, it's definitely grown. <laughs> so yeah. it's been cool to see it improve. Um, and next year, the start, the, 
Bishop really wants to have all of the guys that we have, all the propedeutic guys in one place. Right. Um, so right. right now they're kind of separate in different rectories. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're working on having in one place at least um, one priest, if not more, to have, have a bit of a community of priests there too. Right. Um, so I think they're, they're exciting things. Every time there's something kind of new like this, there are kinks to work yeah. out. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> but I do think it could be an exciting uh, thing. Yeah, for, for yeah. us. And and then we also, something we have had, uh, but has kind of been revived in the last few years uh, through Father Haggerty has done a lot for it, Father Tom Hartman, is the JP2 Vocations Camp. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. we're adding a day this year just because last year it was, it was cool. And um, yeah, you could tell that these kids, I mean, it's 12 to 16, so it's a little younger. Right. Um, but a lot of priests will say it was sometime in those ages that I actually like really yeah. s- kind of seriously considered the priesthood for the first time. Yeah. So. It is a crucial age, I think. Uh, so we added a day where I think it's going to be a fun, uh, you know, a fun time. Uh, we do a lot of really fun activities, uh, but there's also just a great opportunity at the Abbey to kind of talk about our relationship with God, mm-hmm. uh, finding our identity in Him, and from that, what's the mission that He's asking us to? Right, to right. Go on. I think we all have to ask ourselves that. We haven't been doing that enough. Right. Which might be why we are where we are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we want to do, 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 but we forget who we are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, if you just joined us, we're talking to Father Tony Klein about vocations and about the upcoming fishing tournament, which I want to talk about that next. Um, did you go to any of the fishing tournaments before you were a seminarian? No. You did not? No. Okay. I don't so, know if I knew they existed, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't either until I started working. <laughs> so, okay. So as a seminarian, when you were going to these uh, uh, fishing tournaments, what was your experiences like? It was fun. I mean, I'm not a great... Fisherman, like <laughs> disclaimer. Um, okay. I like the contemplative nature of fishing. I like sure, kind of sure. being out there and I mean, Jesus chose fishermen. And so I think there's something we can learn from it. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really cool to be out with uh, people that I, I mean, I didn't know. I got put in a boat with, you know, some people that I didn't know go out. They would really kind of give me some of their like fishing hacks. So I would oh, sure. really learn about fishing, but it was, it was cool to see people of all kind of walks. I mean, not even all of them are Catholic, you right. know, they're just oh, sure. they're people that maybe are friends with um, someone who's inviting them to come or they're friends maybe with a priest or something, but they're not Catholic. And they, you know, it's just people here fishing tournament and that collects a, a certain <laughs> they're people. They're like, I'm going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's even in a way like an evangelistic opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I think for them to see young men that are desiring to be generous to the <laughs> Lord um, <laughs> in our culture today. Uh, but it was it was also cool to kind of band together as a diocese and say like we like as a diocese need this um, we need priests um, and priests need priests too and so yeah. for us to continue to foster them um, so yeah it was always a great experience an early morning but a great experience <laughs> <laughs> it is an early morning um, okay so it's it's interesting that you mentioned it's kind of an evangelizing opportunity so there's really. The fishing tournament is an opportunity to affect both sides, both the priests and seminarians who are who are involved in it, helping the seminarians possibly discern their vocation more further. But as you said, to give a new experience to the people who are participating. Did you see, did you have any specific experiences that you can point to? Or what do you think it does for people who are there? Yeah, I think for people there, I think it really gives them some hope. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> most parishes have the poster in yeah. their parish and yeah. they see the faces of the seminarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to actually meet a seminarian to say like, wow, they're, you know, 
for the most part, pretty normal. Right. right. <laughs> you know? uh, for the most part. <laughs> uh, they prob- I don't know if they With said the that when they saw you, me. They probably course. didn't say that when they saw me. Uh, but I think to actually like give the person uh, like real credibility, right. you know, rather than just, oh yeah, they're a face on, on this poster. Uh, so I think it really does kind of offer hope. And then for me, I remember it all, it happens right at the beginning of summer. And so you're away, you know, we were in seminary outside of the diocese. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're studying, you're meeting a lot of people, but no one really from your diocese other than the other seminarians right. there. And so you come back and you're greeted in these fishing tournaments by people that want to support you right. and that are excited to have you return to the diocese one right. day. Uh, so for us too, it was a real gift to be like, I'm loved here, mm-hmm. even though they don't know me that well. Like, you know, these people, that the diocese knows us. Right. Um, but these people don't know me, uh, but they love the church and they want uh, healthy priests. Right. And they they want to do what they can do to support them. So it was really encouraging to know we're not alone. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this tournament um, helps raise money that helps uh, support seminary education. So um, how, I don't know, does every seminarian take advantage of that? I don't really know how that works exactly. Do you? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So they all do take advantage of it. Yep. What does that mean for a seminarian as you're going through through school? Because it's it's not an, a cheap endeavor. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's what five seven years, uh, or is it? If you enter, I entered right out of high school, so it was eight years. Eight years because that included college. Right. Um, for some guys that you know have a college degree already, it's a little shorter, but right. it's at least six to seven now, right. especially with the propedeutic years. So mm-hmm. it's not short. Right. Um, and you're right. Often the education of it uh, is not cheap. I mean, right. And if you, if you think about it, like you're doing the education at a private school, mm-hmm. you know, to get good philosophy. So we, we study philosophy first. We get a philosophy degree before we ever do theology, which mm-hmm. some people are surprised to hear. Uh, right. But theology builds off philosophy. You know, I yes. remember in our Eucharist class in theology, a majority of it, you know, you have the John 6 chapter, you know, you have like right. the sections right. on scripture. <laughs> uh, but when you're actually seeking to understand the Eucharist, how can it look like something but be something else? Right. You know, that's all philosophy. Yes. And so we do have to have a real grounding in philosophy, and it's hard to find good philosophy departments. Yes. And yes. because it's kind of a, a niche a niche thing, then, yeah, that education is more expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there are also all sorts of things kind of above and beyond just the education portion of and that's true with every school, you know, room, board, um, mm. things like that. Yep. But then we also have like retreat oh, fees. Yeah. Um, you know, different things like that, that the seminary does, um, but is not free. Mm-hmm. So the diocese mm-hmm. helps pay the seminary for those things for us. Right. That's got to take a lot of burden off of you guys. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Bishop Swain would always say, um, I never want finances to be the reason someone can't pursue their vocation. Right. Um, now, obviously there is a, there's a prudence in how you manage that and how you deal yeah, with that. But, for sure. Um, yeah, we, I, we were very, very generous as a diocese to have the support that we did from people here saying, you know, yeah, I I really feel like I'm not manipulated into this, but I really feel like they want me to discern well and to not make finances right. a deciding factor. Right. And, and sometimes for parents, too, that's a that's a yeah. big weight off of their shoulders. Yeah. So, um, OK, so I want to quick mention one thing or ask, ask you one thing and then we'll make sure we, we uh, get the dates and so on for the fishing tournament out there. Um, sometimes there's a misunderstanding of what happens at seminary. There's education and there's formation. So can you kind of explain the difference between those two so people kind of really understand what's happening there with the men? Yeah. Yeah, when I, I was a senior in high school, I was going to visit the seminary. I was very afraid. <laughs> 
I thought I was going I to be greeted you. by just a bunch of very, very quiet, pious guys <laughs> that um, would say hi as they like walked into the chapel and walked out. Um, but I showed up and like one of the first things they were doing was going to play soccer. And oh, sure. I was like, wow, you play soccer here? I mean, like, I, I love can, soccer. I can I do soccer. this. So, so I just, I started to see, wow, okay, they're, um, this is a place of like real humanity. Right. Um, and so there are four, what we call pillars or areas of formation. Um, one of those is intellectual formation. So that's our classes, mm-hmm. educational life. Um, but that's just one of the four. Right. <laughs> and right. So there's the intellectual, the pastoral, the human, and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And the goal uh, is that they don't stand individually, but they eventually kind of all converge. You know, sure. we want to be integral beings. Right. Um, so in seminary, obviously most people think, okay, you're going to classes to learn how to be a priest. Right. Um, and that is, if you look at the schedule, a pretty heavy portion of, I mean, class work and things like that, um, which is, is very important. But that's just one of the four areas. Right. And so it's really important. And the propedeutic year is meant to really kind of, uh, before you get to that, really focus on a couple of the other areas, but especially human formation yeah. Yeah. Um, and spiritual formation mm-hmm. so that the human being is actually formed well to be yeah. able to receive these studies right. well. Because, um, I, I mean, sometimes uh, people, you know, can say, Father, I think, you know, I, I need to do this or that, or I, I think um, I'm having a difficult time praying and for this reason or that reason. And I'm like, I think people are just tired. <laughs> you know, I just don't think people sleep. <laughs> right. Like, and that's a very human thing. Yes. And so I think just our human formation, you know, we grace uh, assumes nature it perfects what is already laid in in, in nature. Mm -hmm. So if our nature, if our human nature is already like living well, then all the better soil we have for the divine life to like grow in us. So we have conferences about human formation, spiritual formation, a lot of learning how to pray, um, learning how to be well as a a human, how to have true like leisure, Mm -hmm. um, how to cook, you know, things like that, (laughs) that are important for us to learn that not all of my priest brothers have taken advantage of, to, and I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, I know that, but yeah, it, it, there's a lot more than just, okay, go read St. Gregory the Great right. and then right. come back as a priest. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness they do a lot more than that. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So the, uh, fishing tournament is the big stone city tournament is June 5th. Then there's a second tournament in pier on June 12th. Um, you want details or to register for those, uh, you can go to ccfesd.org. We can put the, put that, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put that in the comments or in the um, information below. Um, if you click on the events tab at the website and then go to Bishop's Fishing Tournament, you can find the information there and register. Um, they'll be celebrating Mass with Bishop at both of those events prime rib dinner, which would get my husband there all by itself. And he hates fishing. So, um, uh, of course, fishing and bragging rights for the, for the winning the biggest, I don't they, I know they have cer- certain trophies or something. Yeah. Give yeah. Away and can't I think, remember what I think they are. biggest, most, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. There's like most fish caught, largest fish caught. There's several of them. So yeah. Thank you so much, Father Klein, for coming in and yeah. hanging out with us today and telling us what's going on with vocations. Yeah, thanks for helping me do my job. Yes, <laughs> promoting yes. It. I, I feel like we're in good hands with you and with Father Samson as vocations. Now I don't believe that's changing too in yep. July, but we have such a good priest around here that we'll be just fine. So thanks for coming. Thanks, Renee. You bet. Uh, if you haven't found us already on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and at Rumble as well at SF Diocese, and you can always find us at sfcatholic.org anytime. 
That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic